He was a morbidly obese surgeon destined for an operating table and an early death. Now he's a rebel MD who is fabulously fit and fighting to make America healthy again. This is Stay Off My Operating Table with Dr. Philip Ovedia. Welcome back. It's the Stay Off My Operating Table podcast with Dr. Philip Ovedia. I'm the talking hairdo, Jack Heald, and we are thrilled to be joined today by Shauna Smith. Phil, tell me why we invited Shauna. I can hardly wait to talk to her. Great to be uh, here again with you, uh, Jack, and uh, great to have you on, Shauna. Uh, Shauna and I uh, crossed paths uh, online in, um, I believe it was one of the uh, communities that we're uh, both a part of and or participated in the summit together. Uh, but uh, her her Again, her story, her background, her uh, messaging resonated well with me and uh, fits in uh, with what we've been talking about, it seems like, uh, for the past uh, couple of months here on the podcast. And that is, you know, this sort of what we need to do to uh, take a different approach towards health and how we need to be looking at health uh, in a different way. And uh, one of the things that interest, interested me about Shauna is that, you know, she literally starts from the beginning. Uh, so uh, Shauna uh, does a lot around the birth process, and we're going to uh, talk about that, I'm sure, as we uh, get into the episode here. Uh, but, you know, health health uh, starts uh, at the beginning, and uh, many of the uh, habits that end up, you know, determining our adult health are things that start, you know, in childhood and quite frankly, at birth, uh, probably even before, uh, honestly. Uh, so uh, excited to get into that with her. Uh, but uh, Shauna, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about your background and your interests. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. And my journey started with massage therapy, school, personal training, just learning how to work with the body and understand it. And as I learned a few tips that help with pregnancy and delivery, I thought, well, yeah, I'd like to know how to do this for myself. And so I went even deeper into that in understanding comfortable labor comfortable pregnancy, comfortable birth and recovery, and just learning as many tools as I could for myself and my own journey, and then sharing those with other people along the way. And I love what you said about true health starting in childhood. I remember learning in nutrition courses and things like that, how important those first few years of life were in establishing healthy patterns and habits. And like you said, it's actually even before birth, what our parents are doing, the choices that they're making when we're conceived or even prior to that, especially for moms and women, um, that we carry those eggs around with us. They're formed when we're formed in utero. And so the eggs are really experiencing everything that we're experiencing throughout our whole lives. So that's part of my passion about women's health is when you have the healthy beginning, it's a lot easier to create that healthy soul, that healthy individual as 
children and raising them and putting that out into the world. Phil, one of, I, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that uh, we've heard uh, from many our, of our guests is how, you know, personal uh, experiences around health, you know, really shaped uh, how they, you know, now approach uh, the people that they work with. And uh, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about, uh, you know, as you went through uh, your training uh, in various massage and physical therapy and all that, uh, and then, you know, started getting interest in uh, child, the childbirth process. And uh, so talk a little bit about your experiences around health and how those have shaped, uh, you know, what you now do with the people that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been an interesting part of the journey because I've come across a lot of people, like you said, who, you know, I think from our direction, we kind of were learning about health. That's what we chose to study. Whereas some people, they choose to learn about it because they've had some kind of health experience, um, something where they needed the healing. And so I really had this aha moment, this awakening that, um, this was a couple of years ago and I'd started doing massage therapy about 15 years ago. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, we never have medical bills. We rarely have any kind of illness, you know, maybe once or twice a year. And if that happens, we get over it pretty quickly. Um, I can help my children be out of discomfort or over symptoms within 24 hours. And so it was just kind of this moment when you're like, oh, I guess not everybody has this. <laughs> not everybody lives this way. <laughs> and I just started to realize, like, I think I need to share more of my knowledge, my story, you know, just get out there. And I could feel other people feeling that same call, you know, to, to start talking about how it's easier to be healthy and that it's possible. And so that was something that, you know, in my experience with it, um, I just realized when you're working with the body and when you understand and when you're listening to it, then everything else that you're doing in life is so much easier you know, that I just, it was about two or three years ago. I remember watching my kids talking at the lunch table and I homeschool. So we're kind of all around each other all the time. And I realized it had been several months since any of my kids had fought or argued with each other. And I thought, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's not something you hear about <laughs> very often. And so it's like little moments like that when you're like, wow, like so much of the contention, the arguments, the frustration, how much of that really stems from being uncomfortable, being unhealthy on some level, you know, being out of balance within our body. Um, and I just, really feel strongly that I have to share that, that this is possible. Like you don't have to be <laughs> irritable or uncomfortable. And especially for women, I, a lot of women will say, oh, you know, as long as you're uncomfortable once a month, you're 
at risk of pregnancy or whatever. And I'm like, is that really how we're going to describe it? Like, you don't have to be uncomfortable at all, <laughs> let alone every single month. That sounds pretty miserable, you know? So just to open up the eyes of women, especially like, you don't have to, your children don't have to fight. There doesn't have to be this constant, like keeping all of the pots from boiling over feeling in life. <laughs> so there's a couple of questions that spring to mind. Oh man, I'm getting feedback. Are you guys hearing the feedback? That's supposed to not be happening. Hmm. Not sure about that. We may have to go under the headphones. That's better. Um, question I have is I want you to expand on this this epiphany that you had that your family wasn't getting sick. You can't just say, oh, I noticed that other people might like this as well. To what do you attribute this particular phenomenon? <laughs> um, so as I went through massage therapy school and all the other modalities that I studied after that, um, there were some daily practices that help, you know, just you stay in balance in your body. But in particular, um, I really love how our nervous system is connected to everything. So when you're looking at the organs and when you're looking at the body as a whole, the way that you can use the hands or the feet or the ears or the face or even the scalp as reflexology for organs in the body and connect all of these systems. And so for me, it was really the process of seeing the connection in everything that was happening in my body and doing the same thing for my kids. And so if something was out of balance, like you can press here or we need to nourish your body this way. We need to nourish, you know, what's happening for you emotionally this way, or you're going through this mental milestone. And so we're going to feed your brain <laughs> this way. You know, it was understanding that we were a being with multiple facets that it wasn't just physical. Sometimes I needed to stimulate them mentally, give them another challenge, help them step out of whatever they were going through and focus on something else. Or sometimes, okay. you know. All right. I, you, you, I know it wasn't merely knowledge that made your family more healthy. There's practice. You know, what is the, what, what is the practice that, that differentiates Shauna's family's health from the average American family's health practice. We want to know what do you do and can we do it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I love that you say that word practice and do, because I'm such a cerebral person and I find that I'm not very good with the action words, but what I do is every single day I make sure to take a moment to get in line, get in tune with myself. Like, what am I feeling? What's going on? What's happening for me? And I do that with each of my kids too. So I make sure that there was an article that I had read about like the most important eight minutes of your day and how she spent at least eight minutes with each child. And I have five and a half kids, one on the way right now. Um, and so Sometimes, you know, as you're making time and space for each of them, 
it's surprising how little that really can take to just have a true moment of connection. And for me to look at them and say, what's going on for you right now, today? And where is this really coming from? And I found that as I practice this daily, just really looking at them for who they were, what their purpose in the world was. And I have that kind of natural ability to see people's strengths and weaknesses and how they really fit into the larger picture of life. But I feel like we all have this ability when we really just look at people for who they are and stop trying to tell our own stories with it. So I would look at them and say, you're upset, you're frustrated, something's happening, your nose is running, like you haven't received something that you need. And I would, when they were young and they couldn't tell me, I would think back through the day or the past few days and say, all right, what went, what happened? What went out of balance? Can I, can I stop you there? Cause I want to ask a deeper question. So you, you, you really focus on a child and you observe what's going on in this child from what, what you can see and, and you drill down with the child to the extent that they're able to do that. So it is, is it your assertion that, that the physical health that your family experiences is a direct result of this kind of emotional presence and uh, receiving of each individual? Yeah. Um, I really, am I, am I getting that right? Yes. It's, it's the emotional and it's also that like spiritual and the mental as well. So it's, it's really, me seeing them as all aspects of this in this moment. So what do they need? Is it spiritual? And as I talk about spiritual, I have my spiritual beliefs, but I also know to me, spiritual is what are your gifts? What are you good at? What are you here to do in life? And really seeing my kids that way completely changed everything about how I interact with them. And when you start looking at like, disease and illness, especially in children, so much of it comes down to them feeling misunderstood, them not being, you know, able to communicate what it is they really want to communicate. Do you have an example you could share with us? Yeah. Okay. So this is one of my favorite examples. Um, My daughter is, at this point in time, she was eight and we have kind of this system in my house. So I don't really have to ask my kids to clean their room or to do chores or things like that. They just help. Already you're going to be, people are going to be saying, how do we get a hold of her? I want to know how to do this. Exactly. She's mine first. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to stop the flow, but I'm going to stop the flow. I I see my grandchildren. I've got three grandchildren that I, I visit every single week almost without exception. And every single week, the youngest is being told, if you clean your room, you could come down and see Papa Jack. And he just, it's just, it's, it's just as regular. And he never cleans his room. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) So true. It's so true. And so like, for me, I felt like, oh, I could put time and energy into reminding you, but that's not my purpose in life. My purpose in life is not 
I tell my kids, I'm not your police officer. (laughs) You're here to do the things that help you feel good, to take care of you. If your room's out of balance, something inside your body is out of balance too. And so I say, what's going on for you that this is happening? So I watched my daughter and she's really, she was really good at helping with laundry. She, in particular at that phase, she loved to do laundry and she would take a load into the laundry room every night and she'd start it in the washer and she'd move whatever's in the washer into the dryer and she would fold and put some things away if they were there. Um, and she would do that every night and then she just stopped and it had been about two weeks of her not really helping with the laundry. And it was during a period of time where I was under more stress and I was like, you know, it'd be really helpful (laughs) to have some help with the laundry. But rather than coming at it from that direction, I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, took her aside and I started folding some clothes with her. And I said, you know, I noticed that this is something you've enjoyed. You've been helping me do it. It's really helpful. I appreciate it so much. And then you just kind of stopped. And I know, I understand that our clothes are kind of a metaphor. They're symbolic of how we show up in the world and what other people might be thinking about us. And I noticed that you've stopped washing your clothes. Is there something happening for you where you're kind of concerned what other people might be thinking about you? And she said, yeah, actually, all my friends love to wear dresses and they always have their hair done and it looks really nice. And I'm afraid they're going to think I'm not pretty. And I was like, wow, (laughs) I did not expect the conversation to really develop like that, right? Like she was so in tune and she knew And I was like, yeah, I could see how that might be bothering you. And so I said, okay, well, let's look at this. You have pretty dresses in your closet, right? She goes, yes. Okay. Do you like wearing them? No. Okay. Well, there's that. (laughs) I said, we have a hairdryer, a brush for you. Like, I'm happy to do your hair to teach you how to do it. We've tried a few things in the past. Um, Is that something that you want to do? She's like, no, I don't really like doing that. I was like, okay, so (laughs) let's take a look at this differently, right? Like what are some things you do like to do? And she's like, I love to jump on the trampoline. I love to climb trees. I love to run around outside. And I was like, all right, Do you feel like wearing a dress and having your hair done nicely will help you do those things? And she's like, no, I can't wear a dress and jump on the trampoline. (laughs) And I was like, so I want you to appreciate yourself for a moment because you are not like your friends in this way. These girls love to dress up. They love to have their hair done. That makes them feel good. It makes them happy you don't care about those things. (laughs) And so it just got to be this really special moment between us. Instead of saying, I really need help with the laundry. Why aren't you helping anymore? It got to be this really powerful connection of me seeing what was going on deep in her heart. 
so I'm, my wife is a massage therapist, is a deeply empathic, intuitive healer. I'm hearing uh, uh, echoes of the same kinds of, of behaviors that my wife exhibits. Um, have you always been this intuitive and empathic or has it been something you've developed? And more importantly, how do our listeners develop the same kind or, or at least somehow find the same kind of tools to help them? Yeah. Or, or um, how do how do our hosts who want to be a better, uh, you know, heart surgeon and metabolic health expert uh, integrate these tools into their practice as well? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have always been strongly empathic and intuitive, but it is something that I magnified. And so, you know, I have an app that I've created um, on the health and harmony link that you guys have. Um, this app is my best way to share what I've done to magnify these gifts in my life. And I created it because I had so many people asking me, is there like, how do I do what you do? And I realized like, I'm one person and this is something that's available for everyone. And so these tools are the best ones that I've found to hone your own intuition to hone your own compassion and unconditional love and complete understanding of another human being and to see them the way that I see them. Um, I created this, this system where people could go through and at least kind of take those tools, but then take it for themselves and say, you have your own gifts, you have your own strengths to magnify. And if you do it your way and we just own our own intuition, like that's even more powerful than people being just like me. And so that was, that's what I created to help healers. And I got to tell you, literally the last answer I expected was there's an app for that. (laughs) I know. Isn't it so great? (laughs) Always an app for that. Oh my Lord. I want to try and connect a few, uh, you know, dots, a few themes uh, from, uh, you know, some of the discussions we've had. And, um, you know, certainly the audience will be familiar with um, how I frame metabolic health and how it's your body properly utilizing the inputs that you're giving it. And, you know, the major input that I focus on in my practice is the foods that we are eating. But of course, you know, there are other inputs, the air that we breathe, um, you know, the uh, atmosphere around us um, and even the sensory inputs um, and, you know, those effects on our neurologic system, our neurologic balance. We had on a few weeks ago, uh, Dr. Stephen Hussey, who's a uh, chiropractic and, you know, his uh, in his book, he talks about um, that one of the major influences on heart health is the balance of our nervous system and the, uh, you know, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic and, and how intertwined the heart is in that system. Uh, so it's pretty interesting to me to hear you, you know, talk about, um, you know, the balance of the neurologic system and how that is influencing 
our overall health. And I was hoping you could expand on that a little bit more and how you use that. Um, you know, you've talked about a little bit how you use it with your children, uh, but how you use it with the clients you work with, the women you work with around childbirth and other, uh, you know, how that comes into play from a practical standpoint. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is one of my favorite areas because when you're looking at the whole body system, the nervous system, and then, you know, just mapping all those systems on top of each other, the endocrine system, the circulatory system, you start to see this pattern line up down that center of the body. There's so much happening, even in our lymphatic system, these groupings of tissues. And then when you combine that with the energy anatomy, you know, systems like the yoga and chakras and things like that, it's also all lined up down the center of the body. And so when you're looking at that whole body system and saying, okay, like there's multiple factors happening in these same areas, which means there's integration throughout all of them in the body. And what I've found, especially in our just, I think, human nature, really, but certainly our modern culture is we like to segregate that and say, OK, I've studied the endocrine system, so I'm a specialist here and I've studied the nervous system and I'm a specialist here in the circulatory system. And so what I would love to see is when we bring it all back together and say, guess what? <laughs> it's all connected. It's contained in one body. And to use the tools and the clues from each, you know, it's like I mentioned, I can look around my child's room and know which organs are out of balance. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Help. Story example. Come on. <laughs> I've got these three grandkids that I sit and watch this happen all the time. And I would love to know. I'd like a little insight here. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have skin in the game here. And I think Phil probably does too. Yeah. It was um, what was fascinating for me when I made this connection. We all know about like feng shui and, you know, the art of organizing. And, you know, that's been pretty big in our culture most recently. But taking it to that level, I started to notice that the same area of my house in each room, the same corner directionally, like north, east, west, south, was out of order. And I thought, what is that? <laughs> what is going on for me that this is happening? Or I would notice that one person's stuff was in each corner of the room. And as I looked at that, I could start to see the connections and the patterns. And so I started to use what I understood about feng shui and the body clock. And this is also something I put in my app because it's just so cool, but it became really simple and easy to look at it and say, Hmm, your stomach is out of balance. So you're worrying about something. Um, and we can also nurture you and support you in this way. And we can use these acupressure points. And I think that this is so powerful, like especially for the bigger organs, the cardiovascular health and the brain health and all these things. Like we have signs and symptoms early, early on. And I do this with my infertility clients too. Like 
what was your first menstrual cycle experience? And we go from there because like you said, healing starts at the beginning. And if you're really looking at it, the signs were always there. They were leading up to that bigger issue, that major health problem. And so that's that's one of those like connection points, bringing it all together. I can't believe it happens week after week, Phil, but I, I keep getting my mind blown. <laughs> this is so cool. Okay, so I would just love to hear stories about the why the shoes are all piled in the northeast corner of the, of the house or, you know, <laughs> but I guess maybe it would make more sense to to go a little farther with the practical application. So you have it, what I hear is you have a, you have a, a particular point of view about the foundation and the origins of health and how to restore balance, restore health. Could you expand a little bit at least on, on how you embody that, that particular view of health specifically for yourself and your family, but also how you instruct your clients and, and what you, and, and, and the message you'd like to, to give to healthcare practitioners. Mm. I realize that's a very long, complicated question. <laughs> I think I'm with take you. It in, take it in any chunks you want. <laughs> you know, I think that the real embodiment of it to me and what I'd really love, not just health practitioners, but people in general to know, but, you know, especially health practitioners, because we know it's over 50% of health practitioners don't actually follow their own advice, right? We have a lot of unhealthy healthcare practitioners out there on some level. And it's hard to be in that position of giving, 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 and taking care of yourself. And so the embodiment for me is knowing what balance feels like truly, you know, and understanding it so intuitively. I can anticipate when illness is coming and sometimes I can prevent it. And sometimes I choose to be a little more stubborn and just sit in it, (laughs) but I at least know it's coming. I can feel it. I can tell, I can sense like because of these factors, oh, this child's about to get sick or I'm about to get sick. Um, And that's just really living in the state of balance, living from a place of wellness rather than the constant striving for health, striving for wellness, right? Like it's normal for me to be in in balance, healthy, if I'm explaining this well, And when I'm not, that's immediately more obvious. Whereas I feel like generally in life, we're used to a state of imbalance. We're used to the fighting. We're used to the messy rooms. We're used to being on some level tired, without energy, without vitality. And instead, my normal, the only thing I accept is I should feel energized. I should feel excited about today. I should have the energy to do everything I need to do. And so if I don't, immediately I know 
something's out of balance. How do you self-diagnose? So I work from, I learned about the body-mind dialogue um, early, early in my career. So about 15 years ago, being able to look at the parts of the body and there are a couple of books that I use for reference, but when you understand the function of part of your body, you understand emotionally and mentally what's going on for you and even spiritually. So when something's off, I can tell either, oh, this is actually a trigger and this person's going to get sick because of it. Or I can say, this is out of balance. So we're more, most likely to get this kind of illness. Oh, man. Give us an example. <laughs> okay. So here's um, a really great example more recently. Um, I actually ruptured my eardrum. Oh my and Lord. I could tell that I was struggling to feel understood. And I could tell that I was having like, I, I had just kind of reached a breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> where I had shared a message, shared a message, shared a message, and the heart of my message just didn't seem to be connecting. And as this one person that I shared with was like, well, you know, you're like, basically, you just have to change the way that you're talking about everything. And I was like, you don't understand what I'm talking about at all. <laughs> and so like this all correlates with what's happening with my ear. And, you know, looking at that deeper thing, it's like, how can I just accept that I know my message and I shifted my thoughts and I shifted my patterns to say, you know what, I've been told that I need to change the way I'm saying it, but I think I just need to change who I'm talking to because <laughs> this group of people isn't going to get it. And that's okay right now. I would rather just share with the people who can hear it. And so, you know, as soon as it happened, like I didn't actually have a fever or congestion or anything that led up to it. It was really just like it came on, my eardrum ruptured, I immediately felt better, and I could understand. I'm like, yeah, that goes all the way back to my childhood when I had chronic ear infections. I didn't feel understood at daycare as a child either. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was all those years of like me finally releasing. I wasn't misunderstood. I was talking to the wrong people. What I'm hearing is a, is a model of health, <coughs> excuse me, a model of health that is layers deeper than, than what we typically talk about. And, you know, I think allopathic um, medicine operates at the most superficial, atomistic, reductionistic, physical level. And Dr. Ovedia has, has gone much deeper and said health is involves what we eat, how we move our entire body, not just these individual discrete organs that we have specialists in. But I'm hearing you go far deeper down into the realms of of emotion and mind body connection um 
and honestly, I'm I'm kind of overwhelmed. Um, I I dig it, I really do. But you know, when I talk with Phil and we talk about cholesterol and inflammation, and you know, if you stop eating crappy food, you'll feel better. I'm like, okay, that totally. I I I have a model in my head for how that works. The stuff you're talking about, my wife lives this way, so I see it up close and personal. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like, I feel like I'm a, a three-year-old that got thrown into the deep end of the pool before I was really even comfortable with waiting. Um, can you help us out a little bit? Does anybody else feel this way? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, kind of, came up for me uh, during that discussion that is pretty interesting is, you know, thinking back to the roots of allopathic medicine, um, you know, one of the earliest things that, uh, you know, we get taught in medical school, uh, but really, you know, doctors were taught, uh, you know, when you look, you know, when you go back to the days of Hippocrates, uh, even is that, you know, it's all in the exam of the patient. It's all in the talking to the patient. And, you know, we've reached a, one of the things that I think has, uh, you know, kind of gone wrong in our healthcare system is we've become so focused on the things we can measure, whether that's the blood work or the, you know, the, the CAT scans, these advanced, all, all these things that we can do and measure and see. And in a lot of ways, we've forgotten about these basic things of listening to the patient, talking to the patient, um, you know, mm. going into their history and figuring out, you know, what is the root of their problem uh, based on that. Uh, and so it's very interesting to me to hear Shauna, you know, talk about uh, these similar concepts, what she does, um, how she connects with patients, with clients, and, um, you know, helps to figure out the root of some of uh, their problems. Yeah. So before before we started recording, you said that that one of the things that that you truly care about is the unification of healthcare. I think that was the phrase that you used. I suspect that's what we've been touching on. Could you expand on it for us? That that idea of what you mean by the unification of healthcare? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like Phil was saying with the origin, when you start looking at the origins of things, then you start to see certain patterns. And when you step back from needing a framework and you just look at the patterns, there's truth in every single modality. And so whether it's healing through movement or healing through music or healing through medicine or healing through surgery, there are those core things that are just true. Those are the true elements of healing. And like he was talking about the listening to the person, listening to their body, being in tune with that. So you know, for me, as I start to connect with someone, sometimes I can tell even before we connect what's actually going on for them. And then as they start talking to me, it confirms that, right? Because I can feel, I can sense whether or not they're balanced and how that's feeling with my body. 
And so as people are talking, I'm sorry, do you feel their imbalance in your body? Is that what I heard you say? I can feel because I'm in balance where they're not. Does that make sense? So it's like, I talk about it like tuning forks. And if you're operating at this frequency, then when another sound comes in, it either resonates with you or it doesn't. And so you can start to tell like, hmm, this is feeling a little bit off or like I can sense this, like I know what's out of balance for me. So some people will trigger some of those things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm working on that too. (laughs) And so (laughs) in that sense, I can kind of feel that. But there are certain patterns that you just start to see. And with allopathic, we look at the origin of it. With osteopathic, we look at the origin of it. But really at the root of everything, we say, these all came from something and not very many people understand those histories. So if we step out of that and say, healing has been around for thousands of years since the beginning of humanity, (laughs) we have had to fix things that have gone wrong or gotten hurt or been diseased. And so there's going to be truth in a little bit of everything, even historically when they studied humors and they were doing bloodletting and things like that. And we look back on that and we're like, oh my gosh, they're so archaic. There was still truth in some of the things that they were doing. And so that's something like, I feel like the power, the unification comes from us being able to step back and say, it's not a right or wrong lens. What is the real core What is the real truth of healing at all? And then we can create a system that's unified. And some person is going to need surgery and another person's going to need yoga and another one's going to need chiropractic and to allow them to flow into that space that's going to be most healing for them rather than creating judgment or conflict around it and saying, nope, this is the only right way that's wrong, you know, to, to say we all came from somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Again, it's so interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I've been recently, uh, learning a little bit more about, uh, the history of, uh, yellow fever and some of the yellow fever, uh, outbreaks that occurred. Uh, we, we've been traveling through Savannah, Georgia, a fair amount. Uh, so, and hearing about the treatments that were used, things like leeches and things like, uh, you know, literally pouring turpentine down people's throats, uh, you know, in an attempt to cure this disease that they had no idea what it was, where it was coming from, and some of the misconceptions around how it was being spread. And then, you know, tying that to some of the modern things that we deal with and thinking about, you know, what treatments are we doing today? that, you know, 100 to 150 years from now, people are going to be looking back and saying, you know, how barbaric, how crazy that was. Uh, and again, you know, one of the things I've brought up many times on the show is that, you know, we are told in medical school that half of what we learn is going to be proven wrong by the time we retire. We just don't know which half. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, Again, you know, hearing you talk about that, hearing you talk about this sort of, you know, unifying principles that I think we need to get back towards or maybe 
towards. Uh, I don't know if we've ever really been there. I think maybe we were and we separated and now we need to get back towards there uh, is really a way that we are going to move healthcare forward, um, not necessarily for the benefit of the healthcare system, but for the benefit of the people, the patients. Uh, and uh, we need to get that back at the focus, back at the center of all of this. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me, Shauna, as I listen to you talk, that the this one way to describe the contrast between how you are describing health and the traditional practice of healthcare is the difference is is are the perceptual differences between the right brain and the left brain. The right brain is non-judgmental, is amoral, is only has one time, and that's present. That's now. Um, but primarily the, the the function of the right brain is pattern recognition. And what I hear it being extremely powerful in you is the ability to recognize pat, uh, uh, identical patterns across systems. And with our, our modern practice of medicine, um, it's intensely left brained and I don't have to go into all the details cause that's irrelevant here. But I hear a right-brained practitioner, um, and I would love to hear to put in a. a, 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 a I'd love to pitch the book, "The Master and His Emissary" by Dr. Ian McGilchrist. Great uh, way to look at. Great way to learn about how the the division between the left and the right brain that was amplified at the start of the the Enlightenment has led to the type of culture we have. And I think inevitably, probably the type of medicine that we practice. So what I'm hearing from you, I'm thinking out loud, I'm talking, I'm thinking as I talk, what I'm hearing from you is a unification, a call for a unification, not merely of healthcare, but, but a, a unification of our entire way of, of meeting our world to, to move back away from this intensely left-brained, reductionistic, objective, uh, measurable way of viewing everything and anything that doesn't get measured, anything we can't measure isn't real. And, and moving toward this, at least bringing the intuition back into our practice, not just of healthcare, but of life. That's a big, big, big message, Shauna. How are how is the world receiving the message that you have? <laughs> well, luckily I'm not the only spokesperson. <laughs> and some people are saying it different ways. You know, once again, like you said, one of my gifts is pattern recognition. So you hear a lot about the divine feminine, divine masculine. You hear about it in left brain, right brain, but there's multiple layers happening here where like in our modern healthcare, you hear about it as like um, bedside manner versus, you know, just the diagnostics even. And so that's really, that's truly the key is like, let's just stop saying it's one way or the other. <laughs> let's bring them together. And as a whole, I've found that people resonate with this message. Like we are tired of the division because the division is so full of conflict. Even we can see that in our sports teams, in our political system, you know, in our government, like 
to be so far one way or the other is uncomfortable for everybody. And, you know, there's definitely room for a lot of argument in that space. But I say to be able to step back from meeting the division and to say there's beauty in both, like, especially when I look at politics and you're like, you guys want the same thing and you're arguing about how to do it, right? So let's just look at what's the what's a good way to move forward, to practice daily our unification within ourselves that we have these two halves of our brain, that I can be both logical and empathic, that I can combine this within myself. Because if I can do that for myself, I can do that within my family. If my family can do that, we can do that within our community. And if our community can do that, we can do that within the bigger world. I did not see this one coming, Phil. I did not see this coming. <laughs> solving okay, solving Sean, the world's what? problems here on the Stay Off Your Operating wow. Table podcast, Jack. <laughs> so, so let's take the average uh, listener to this podcast and I, I, I will say we have our, our audience is made up of two kinds of people, healthcare professionals who are looking for an, a, a, a way forward where they haven't where they've gotten stuck. And then just average Joes who are sick of the same old, same old and are ready to start feeling better. That's that's who's listening to this message today. And I think both audiences are going to hear this message. They're listening to the same message. You're going to hear it very differently. Speak to the healthcare, the traditional healthcare practitioner who's sick and tired of, of the mess that they're in. What's your message for them? Yeah. Well, I have a heart for this. My husband's a healthcare practitioner and several of my family members are. And one of the things that I've heard over the years is how unsupportive the system is for the practitioners. And especially now that we have like Google and, you know, to even be told in school, half of what you're learning here isn't going (laughs) to actually be right. We just don't know what part. Um, and like, that's really what it is. You go through this grind and you sacrifice years and you pour yourself into this occupation. And then people question you off a Google search and they, you know, feel like maybe you're just in it for the money when really you have the heart of a healer and our system isn't honoring the practitioners or the patients very well but it comes back to that space, right? Like I feel like the healthcare practitioners are the source of power in this change because you've felt it. You've experienced the system on both sides, not working very well, not bringing you joy, (laughs) not making your family stronger, and even still sometimes feeling helpless if your children get sick or family members get sick and not being able to help them in all the right ways. And so my message for them is like what you're feeling in your heart that there's got to be a better way and there's got to be a way out of this is real and it is happening. And that's the movement that I'm part of. And that I'm asking healthcare practitioners to join is 
Like, let's step into this together. We don't have to do it alone. And a lot of us are already feeling it on some level. So combining those efforts and unifying in that message can be really powerful. Okay. This is the point where people are going to go, how do I talk to Shauna? Exactly. I think you're going to get a lot of healthcare uh, people uh, who that message resonates with and, and want to connect with you. Excellent. So give us the, give us the details. Yeah. How do, how do those folks connect with you and get some guidance? So I've created the website connect with Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A.com. And on there, you have different options. You know, I have a place for healthcare practitioners who just are like, yes, I'm ready to join this movement. And then people who are really just looking to heal, to understand these systems that I use, um, then can step in there. And people who just want to know and learn a little bit more, this is very curious for them. They can step in there. So that's where you can connect with me. So connectwithshauna.com. S-H-A-W-N-A. And you've got a Facebook page. We'll make sure all of this stuff shows up in the show notes. <sighs> Golly, Phil, this is honestly, this is one that I'm so personally intrigued by. I just, I want to just pepper Shauna with questions, but <laughs> first of all, definitely... we've got a limited amount of time. And secondly, <laughs> yep. I may be the only one in the world who has, who, who's thinking these things. I don't know. No, yes, let's have her back. We will definitely get Shauna on the part two list. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been a fascinating discussion. And thank you for coming on, Shauna. And we look forward to continuing this. All right. Well, I, I would also like to point out that Shauna is actively involved in helping women who are pregnant um, with natural childbirth, I guess. We didn't even talk about that, which is, that's huge, gigantic, humongous. So if you're pregnant or know somebody who is and wants uh, to get Shauna's uh, extraordinary perspective, connectwithshauna.com. All right, Shauna, we're going to have you back. This is awesome. Excellent. Um, this is the Stay Off My Operating Table podcast, uh, Dr. Philip Ovedia. You can connect with Dr. O on Twitter at iFixHearts. You can go to iFixHearts.co, his website, and take his metabolic health assessment. Find out if you are one of the 88 out of 100 Americans who needs to get your stuff together. And finally, uh, you can reach him at OvediaHeartHealth.com, where his metabolic health consulting practice is headquartered online. I think I've got it all, Phil. Perfect. All right. Well, um, it is a Thursday afternoon. This show will drop next Tuesday, but I'm going to be talking about it and I'm going to be digging into connectwithshauna.com because this is just, this is serious. This is cool. And I'm going to tell my wife all about it. I'm so sorry mm -hmm. she wasn't here to hear it live, but at least it's recorded. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you, Dr. O. And for our audience, we'll talk to you next time. Chances are you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't need to change your life and get healthier. So take action right now. Book a call with Dr. Avadia's team. One small step in the right direction is all it takes to get started. Contact us at 
ifixhearts.com slash talk. That's ifixhearts.com slash talk.